Welcome to Queering the Narrative. I'm Trenton James, a.k.a. Trent Hexam. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm Alan Thomas. My pronouns are he, him. And we also have a very, very special guest with us. If you may please introduce yourself and your pronouns. Two, two varies? Damn, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, my name is M, uh, UK, AKA M. <laughs> that's what you can call me. Um, I grew up with so many nicknames that I'm kind of like, no, you'll call me what I tell you to call me. Um, <laughs> my pronouns are they, them, unless otherwise specified. Um, some days I feel she, her, some days I feel he, him, but when in doubt, default to they, them. Nice. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Uh, you can, well, we'll, we'll go over the TikTok, but I, I, I follow, I wow, follow. that was loaded. That was such a loaded stick. <laughs> we'll go over what you did on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. There's so <laughs> much. <laughs> I'm, I just meant like the name because I always forget oh. where the underscore is. <laughs> right in the beginning. <laughs> for some reason. I, for some reason, I always think house of underscore M. I don't know why. Well, now say it correctly. <laughs> it's actually two underscores house of M. Only because somebody who never uses their freaking TikTok took the other one. So oh. there you go. Do that. Underscore underscore house of M. <laughs> and if anyone listening wonders if it is a nod to scarlet witch and uh like wandavision and the um yeah the comic book yes it is oh nice Ooh. i was wondering why that seemed familiar <laughs> uh-huh yeah that's a awesome. whole that's a whole story well um i did want to kind of touch on um because you were talking about <clears throat> sometimes you feel I know you're talking about on your podcast, uh, feeling more masculine and more feminine sometimes. Uh, I know you use the term gentle femme. Yes. Um, I like that one. <laughs> I like the term gentle mask because I'm like, I'm so, um, I, I'm not, I'm like a manly man. <laughs> so I really liked that term. So thank you for introducing me to it. Well, I felt gentle femme was more like gentleman because the gentle part was the man for me. And then the femme is just like the streak of highlight that you might have on your face. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm very like Mad Men era mask. Like when I, my mask side is present, I'm very three piece suit. I'm very, you know, I'm very um, dashing, charming. That's how my masculine side presents itself. Um, but my femme is like, can we also put on like a really nice highlighter and an earring and can we make sure our brows are good? You know what I mean? So it's gentle femme for me. Yeah, it works. That's awesome. But I think, I think being bi-gender, it's really, um, it's allowed me to really play a lot more with my discovery because uh, before that I wasn't aware of that term. And so I did a lot of hemming and hawing in the within the community within the queer and trans community here in seattle and never really felt like i fit also my age was such a barrier to so many people to really see me as 
part of under the trans umbrella and somebody that was questioning their gender. Um, it it mm. was, I got a lot of judgment and it was really hard for me because I was, I was got so much judgment growing up when my, my um, masculine energy would come out, it was immediately suppressed. Um, and so it took quarantine to silence all of those queer judgmental voices to really be able to find myself. And it was great because um, I think even in my podcast episode, I talked about it with Alok. They said, um, even in the queer community, we try to put ourselves in these boxes. And it's so unfortunate because we are so much more than that. And we are so much more yes. beautiful and so much more uh, complicated in our gender. And to still be put, putting each other in those boxes is so disheartening and so boring. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm, 100%. <laughs> um, and I also, also on your podcast, you talked about when you were, <laughs> when you were um, getting, feeling more uh, your masculine side, getting more into like a masculine centered space, how you would fall into, um, it's how easy it is to fall into uh, like a toxic masculine behavior. And I really resonated with that because me and Trent were actually just talking about that. Oh yeah. We talk about that a lot on here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of trans men too. And it's like, it's so easy to just fall into that. Isn't too. it? Isn't it? And it's bizarre when you feel yourself doing it because I have, you know, my femme side. So I, I relate them. I've characterized them a little bit because that's helped me as an adult um, recognize when I'm feeling something. And, you know, I'm very big in therapy and very big in um, speaking my feelings. And so when I feel something coming up in regards to my gender, um, I unpack it and I usually speak it out. And so it's really helpful for me to have persona or like my Capricorn side is my femme side. You know, she's had 46 years to really build herself <laughs> and she's really strong yeah. and powerful and organized and um, no nonsense. But my, <laughs> my mask side is this like 18 year old doofus, like Leo <laughs> charmer that has a little bit of like game and uses finger guns a lot and like really really thinks he's the shit can i swear on here is that okay oh yeah oh yeah absolutely oh, yeah. yeah we, we oh, say the f word a lot on mine so that's why I, okay yeah um yeah and so for me it was like definitely when i felt and it's interesting i follow this tiktoker and i don't remember their name offhand but they made a post about deciding that they were trans femme and the moment they decided in the first six months they are not doing hormone therapy yet they have not had any gender affirming surgeries that they've decided for themselves but they said the minute that i started embracing that side of myself i started feeling my body change and my feelings change and in reality we all have these hormones i have yeah higher than normal testosterone levels naturally. And so I just suppressed them for mm -hmm. so long. So now that I'm welcoming them, I feel this part of me changing. And so when I started welcoming that masculine side, it was, it was with one of my partners who's very femme and she really brought it out in me and she met me at a time. I, I tell her that she's lucky all the time. Cause I'm like, you are experiencing him for the first time that, and nobody's gotten to experience him yet. Like you're the first, <laughs> so you're fucking lucky. <laughs> But it's really in the first two weeks of dating her, I didn't, I was a, I was a jerk face. Like I was, oh, I, yeah. I found myself being, she was like, so what is this that we're doing? And I'm like, 
I, I found myself saying things like, I just want to date myself right now. And I don't, <laughs> I don't really know, like, I don't know if I want to call it anything. And then I, she, she's a Pisces and she looked at me and she said, well, that's great and all, but I'm not actually down for that. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I've never been on this side of the conversation. You know what I mean? And so I had to take a step back and unpack. Yeah. And what I realized was, and I'm a big journaler, so I journaled. And what I realized was I was actually saying things to her that were said to me by my ex, my most recent ex, and by my, one of my other partners that was cis male. And I, because I'm pansexual. And I was like, oh, I am, and things that like my, my stepdad had said to me, like these were things that were ingrained in my psyche that I thought masculine people said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bizarre. And so when I realized that I can be masculine, I can be charming, I can be dashing, I can be romantic, I can be chivalrous without being a jerk. And that was such yeah. a huge transformation for me because I was like, man, I want to sweep somebody off their feet. I want to be that strong masculine energy that I've always been attracted to in other people but I can't do it this way. And I had to feel yeah. it. So, ew, that feels really gross. Why did I just do that? You know? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's a terrible feeling too, to be like, Oh, I just turn into like the worst version of a human being. <laughs> well, and I'm also, my therapist is working with me because I'm also trying to give my masculine side space to learn and mm -hmm. grow and be silly and be young. You know, I might, I like to call my, my like 18 year old, Leo boy side is very like likes butts and likes boobs. Like, <laughs> and so I'm always, I'm always very like, Oh, your, your butt looks really good in those pants. Like I'm always very like, can we have mozzarella sticks and like cuddle? Like I'm that, that's me right now. And I told her that and I said, you know, my 46 year old Capricorn is in the back of my head going, what is your fucking problem, bro? Like you are embarrassing me. And my therapist is like, you have to let him move through puberty and move through that space because you didn't get to do that. So she's like, don't yeah. be a jerk and don't be, you know, don't hurt somebody. But still, at the same time, let yourself have those feelings and say those words. And so it's a, it's a process. I think I'm not 18 anymore. I'm like 20, maybe 20. We're at 20 now. Leo's at 20. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's where I'm about to yeah, we shouldn't trust him with booze yet, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that's where you are too, Trent, because you're pretty early in your, well, you're pretty early in your transition, so. Yeah, I'm about two years on T. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing is I've been thinking about, um, I've been doing the pros and cons of, of starting a low dose of tea and deciding whether I want to do that or not. And I'm such a Capricorn that I just have to have every detail and I have to like, and so I'm still not sure, but it's definitely something I'm I'm tossing around. Yeah, that's a big step to. It is. I, I waited forever. It was I mean I knew for a while I was trans. I mean that's why I did drag for so long. But uh, yeah, making that step is a little tough. <laughs> it's hard because knowing the 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 changes that your body takes are irreversible, and knowing that I am at an age where I am close to menopause. And that is a process that happens with tea. I'm trying to decide my timing with my doctors and see if it's even yeah. makes sense right now. And also decide if it's for me, because I think we're all moving into this place in the transgender 
arena that we're realizing that gender affirming surgery and hormones are personal preferences and choices that have nothing to do yes. with gender. And I think I, a lot of the things I want to do would be to be more passable in certain areas. Um, and I need to reevaluate what I, what I love about myself and what I want and what I don't and what's dysphoric and what's not. And so, you know, yes. it's a process. That's what I guess. It's always a process. That's yes. why great to have the whole queer umbrella and we have our own journeys. Right. right. That's why when I found by gender, I was like, oh, I didn't, cause I've never found a word that I fit into. I never found a definition. There was nothing. And I, then I had a friend who saw me kind of going through my process. Lovely friend has been trans for quite a while, older, older than the scene that I was hanging out with. You know, I mm -hmm. dated younger. And so, you know, it was, it was that scene <laughs> of like late twenties, early thirties. And this person was in mid thirties that had been trans for longer. And they just, they came to me very lovely during the quarantine. And they were like, Hey, I've seen your posts. I've just kind of gotten this vibe. If you ever want to talk about your gender discovery, I'm totally here. And they were just lovely and very welcoming and gave me a website to look at that had all of these definitions. And I was like, Oh, I found it. And, and he was like, I think you're probably awesome. by gender, but let's talk about it. And, and um, that's exactly what I needed. I needed somebody that was going to not judge me, not tell me I'm too old, not say, are you sure you're not just doing this? Cause everybody wants to use they, them now. And saying things like that, it was more uh, of, yeah, <laughs> it was really hurtful. And so I'm definitely moving into this space where I don't want to do that to other people. I want to make sure that yeah. I'm the Space for other people, no matter what your fucking age is, because the journey is yours alone, and um, there's no timeline on this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up uh, in in a lot of your TikToks, you talk about mental health, um, and so there there's this pretty big, <laughs> I think, this intersectionality with LGBT. Uh, plus people and mental health. Um, what do you think is the biggest challenge uh, mental health wise um, for either yourself? Cause I, you know, I didn't want to, I wouldn't want you to get too personal if you were uncomfortable, uh, but it, or if not for yourself personally, then like in general, uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge for LGBT people? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, uh, first of all, there's very little that's too personal for me. <laughs> kind of all the way out there. <laughs> I always tell people when I meet them, like on Tinder or date them, I'm like, you know that pretty much three-fourths of my life is out there. Just letting you know. Like, <laughs> if you have a problem with that, we should not be talking. Like, um, but I'm also very easy to do research on. So there we go. Um, this is true. But, <laughs> yeah, so, but I don't, I don't find that. I, I find it, it helps me be accountable to myself. But, you know, I think mental health wise for myself, I can tell you that um, in the queer space, in the LGBTQ plus space, I, I know I've struggled with both having family members in a religion and a culture that just don't understand it. You know, I think surface wise, we're in an era where it's like, oh, sure, sure. I get a lot of my Italian family that say things like, 
oh, sure, we just love you no matter what. Oh, sure. That's not where you get the homophobia and transphobia. It's in the microaggressions. It's in the comments. It's in the fact that they don't. And I think up until 2021, up until we all had time in 2020 to really do some soul searching and get ripped bare of, of all of our distractions to really see what we needed to freaking work on. Up until that, we were all doing a really good job of ignoring microaggressions. I mean, plain and simple. And now yeah. 2021 is no longer like 2021. We are ripping off the bandaid. We are having uncomfortable conversations. We are getting in yeah. spaces, no matter how much we love them. Like I have cut off, yes. I cut off three family members this year alone or last year mm -hmm. because the microaggressions were too much. So I think in regards to mental health, I think there's, it's twofold. Like we need a community that's going to stop judging each other. That's going to stop putting, you know, uh, I did a podcast with Eva Echo, who's one of my favorite advocates around the trans community and, and uh, mental health community who's in the UK. And she said, you know, the, our community, the trans femme community works so hard to be perfect. And they're coming from a, a cis, you know, female world that is trying so hard to break through that and break away from that. Why are we doing this to ourselves? And so I think we're in essence, eating our, our own hands here. Like we're doing such a bad yeah. job in the queer community of supporting each other. Um, and there's mm -hmm. a whole new era. Don't get me wrong. Like there's a new era, Gen Z and younger. I think our future is really this age. Um, and they do, they're so good at consent. They're so good at conversations. Yes. They're so good. Like, Listen, I take back every word I said about those generations in 2019. <laughs> I was that bitch. <laughs> I was that bitch that was like, fuck the millennials. Like, I was that, <laughs> that bitch. And then 2020 happened. And then I was like, holy shit, they're going to fucking save the world. And, and, and then I also realized my generation, the X Gen, we fucking raised those kids. We raised the millennials. My daughter is a millennial and she is, she is more aware than I ever was. She is more inclusive than I ever was. She has conversations. She sets boundaries like a fucking champ. Like it's awesome. It's like, oh, so I think we can learn a lot from the younger generation. And I think old, old timers <laughs> like me tend to pshaw them a lot and say, oh, you just don't know. You know, I was part of an org here in Seattle um, that had a lot of older cis gay men in it. And I was really excited to be part of this org. And let me tell you how fast I quit. Like, because of the microaggressions and micro transphobia in the cisgender uh. male community. And I spoke up for it. I was like, no, 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 that word's not actually okay. And they were like, yeah, sorry, we're not, you don't, you weren't, you weren't part of, you know, what we had to go through in Stonewall and see our friends die of AIDS and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, so I think that we are in essence hurting ourselves. Right. We're in essence hurting ourselves. <laughs> and I think what a lot of people don't realize, people are like, oh, I don't have mental health problems or, oh, I don't have mental illness specifically. And I th think what people don't realize is transphobia, homophobia, uh, you know, systemic racism, uh, capitalism, all of the economic problems that we're having now, all of that funnels down into mental health. Like every yes. one affects our mental health. It's not like I'm going to see a therapist and everything's going to be better. No, we need to abolish the police. We need to 
you know, get transgender rights back into all of our all of our um, our representatives' hands. Like we need to start to, yes. to improve mental health. It's not about getting a fucking therapist. It's way bigger. Mm -hmm. It's way bigger. So, you know, that's a really roundabout answer yeah. there for you, Alex. But <laughs> basically, we're all fucking doomed. We're all doomed. That's what that's my answer. Sorry. Sure. Uh, yeah. No, that's that. Yeah, I, and I think uh, Trent and I had talked about you know how much how pervasive just within the LGBT plus community. Uh, I hate to say, like, especially cis gay men, but it, <laughs> Listen, it no, kind no, no, of no. is, especially cis gay men. I don't think you should say kind of. I think we should take that word out. <laughs> we can edit that. We can edit that. I'll, I'll edit out. Let's be, let's be real. Let's be real. Since I came out as bigender and since I started, because I'll be honest, when I first came out, I was not able to use the word trans for myself. I didn't feel like I, I felt like that was a space I wasn't supposed to be taking. Well, I'll be honest. Somebody told me that was a space I wasn't supposed to be taking. And after mm. some, after some thought, I was like, no, I am under that umbrella. I am. Yeah. That is what I identify. So once I started using the word trans and by gender in my spaces, the amount of cis gay friends, male friends, that came to me and the conversation, you all know this, you all know how it starts. So can I ask you a really quick question? And it's like, mm. there's a little <laughs> bit of a whisper and you're like, fuck, I know exactly mm -hmm. what's coming. I know exactly what's coming. <laughs> and I always phrase it like this. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I put my hands on my mouth. And I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. This is a safe space. One time you get one chance. But once I tell you <laughs> that this is not appropriate, I'm telling you it's safe for now. But once I tell you it's not appropriate, you're never allowed to ask this to anyone again. I will take the fall for this. I will fall on the sword for this one. But you're not allowed to do this again. And I can't tell you how many times it's happened. It's fucking horrible. It's horrible. Oh, my God. It's maddening. Right. Right. <laughs> and I don't really know how to have this conversation with people without being a like a total Capricorn bitch, like turning off emotions and going, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had it with a cis friend that wasn't a gay male, just a cis male friend who was like, um, asked me something about someone, uh, a friend of ours, um, you know, so does that mean they were, and I was like, okay, like, have I ever, have I ever asked you what's in your pants? And he looked at me and he goes, well, but you know, and I was like, how do I know? I've never fucking seen shit. I have yeah. no idea. Do I know? Right. And yeah. he was like, but you know. And I was like, bro, I don't. I don't. And that's the point. You think it's okay to ask, but you think every you you want everyone to assume that it's, you know what I mean? That kind of disclosure, that yeah. kind of gendering someone is not okay. And he was like, oh, oh, <laughs> it was just this. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I have energy for those conversations, actually. I'm here for them. Oh, you have more <laughs> spunk than I do. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the... I but think I live in a small town, so... Oh, yeah. See, yeah. I'm in a big town, and I also feel like as, as a new... I almost feel like as a new transgender person and as an old queer, it's almost my responsibility <laughs> in many ways. Like, I'm, I gotta pay my dues in the trans arena, and as an old queer, I feel like I've got a lot of teaching to do on that side of it. So... And I say old. I say old with like, you know. I was gonna say, wait, how? How? You're forty 
six. Six? 46, yeah. I'm I'm 30. Uh, 36? 35. You should I'll be 36 this June. <laughs> See, after be... a certain point, it's like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. Alan can do numbers. I, know, I was like, does Alan know his birthday? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, but it's really one of those things where it's like, we have to understand that we are not, you know, <clears throat> I, I was not age. I realized I've never been an ageist, but... I'm, I've been, I've had ageist microaggressions because of society. And so when I started being actively poly and actively dating and found myself, I went to my astrologer friend and I was like, why am I attracted to people that are in their late twenties and early thirties? I don't understand. And (laughs) and he had such a great answer. He was like, you know, you, you're ruled by Saturn. You're a, a, you know, Capricorn ruled by Saturn. And that's the age that people are in their Saturn returns. And you understand them because of that, because of that turmoil that people go through. And so, you know, I, I think that it's one of those things that age for me is something that it benefits me in many ways, being a queer, just be just with the queer label, not the trans label, but with the queer label, it benefits me because, you know, a lot of these people I'm meeting for the first time, I'm like, I was a lesbian for 15 years before you were born. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> my stories are a lot different and uh, my experience is different. And so I think it, it helps me out more than it hinders me. Basically, That's an awesome way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Plus skin care. Skin care. <laughs> Your skin is flawless. So It has to be, or, you know, uh, we would uh, not go outside very often so <laughs> listen like if i'm going to be speaking at events i have to like take care of myself <laughs> uh. um i again this is from your podcast you talked about uh <laughs> being born in a uh, italian family uh where you were the only um assigned female at birth yeah. person and I really resonated with that because I am the youngest of four uh, is male and I was the only girl in a Hispanic family. Mm. So Catholic. Um, yeah, like vaguely Christian. Right, right, right. Yeah. Vaguely Christian. Listen, most of us, we were vaguely Catholic, but all of a sudden on Easter, we were the most Catholic people in the world. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Just like you were just talking shit about your neighbor, but you just made me do the Eucharist on Easter. Okay, that works. <laughs> so random, but anyway, sorry. Keep going. Yeah, yeah but no, I, I totally related to that. I related to um, being pressured to be a certain way, um, and I'm pretty. I'm fairly certain. I, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between. Uh, Hispanic family dynamics and Italian family dynamics in that men have to be men and mm-hmm. women have to be women. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a certain mold that you can't necessarily break out of. So it, it was really, I, I loved listening to you talk about that because I was just like, oh my God, I f- see myself in this story. And I really appreciated that. Um, and And I wanted to, I mean, you kind of answered this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to ask you uh, how that journey has been going with your family. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) well, well, 
I mean, listen, <laughs> I was the Sofia Coppola. So I always use that reference because it really just makes the most sense. I was the first granddaughter in a huge Italian family. My sister was the next after me. Um, and so I was the one who was, my ears were pierced as an infant. I was forced to wear dresses of all colors. I had all the tights. I had all the shiny shoes. You know, I, uh, uh -huh. I was that little girl and I, um, I never got a chance. It was, it's funny. I don't know if I said this on a podcast recently or if it was in a conversation. If you look at pictures of me when they didn't girl me up is what I called it when I was just my <laughs> my little dirty sandbox self, which is what I loved. I kind of looked like Tom Arnold a little bit, and it was amazing. It was like, <laughs> oh God, I really wanted to be a boy so bad. <laughs> my partner Ryan looks at the pictures and he was like, yo, this is like straight out of Roseanne, Tom Arnold. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> but it, it's really where, where how I felt comfortable. And so um, my family, you know, I think for a long time, I made a lot of excuses. Um, I was, I, I call myself the first queer in the family, but I think my brother, my late brother, who's right there in that picture, really was. Um, he just, it was, it was before his time. It was before our time. Um, when he died, it, it was not as easily accepted. And so he came to me saying, you know, he knew I had dated women and I was dating women when, when he was alive. Um, and then when I met Ryan, I realized I was bisexual and then pansexual word came into being. And um, he struggled a lot. He was like, how did you get mom and dad and our family to understand? And I said, what? I did not. Like, you just do it. You don't care. I was very flippant. And I think he was looking a little bit for some, some tools around that. And I didn't give them to him. But I think for me, um, you know, I had to at some point realize that nothing about my family was going to agree with my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hearing a siren, but it's very, there it is. <laughs> They're coming to get me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about queer stuff. <laughs> Let's move. Right. Oh, God. We gotta get both queers. Right. Jesus Christ. I don't want to pass the Italians. God. I was I was watching that. Have you guys watched the um the most recent? I think it's an H no, it's an Amazon or a Showtime show with the the guy from um Breaking Bad, his new show called Your Honor. If you haven't seen it, watch it. But there's an No, Italian I've heard good things. It's absolutely incredible. Anyways, the Italian mafia family in that, I, I severely resonate in not a good way. And I was just like, oh, God. Oh God. But so that's how it's going. Like, I'm close to my sister, who is lovely, two years younger than me. It's just the two of us now since our brother's gone. Um, and that's really it. I, I've cut my mom all the way out about seven years ago. Best thing I ever did. Super toxic, really abusive. My stepdad who raised me, we're, we're not close, but we love each other. And we send messages once a quarter because, <laughs> you know, he likes yeah. sheets. You know what I mean? It's, we don't, yeah. see, we're not the same generation. We're not, they're boomers. I have a really hard time with boomers and their lack of accountability in general. I know that's a very big generalization, but <sighs> yes. let me tell you, it's the percentage of them, the large percentage. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I, I definitely am uh, very cautious around boomers and that's my whole family. And so I was telling one of my partners this the other night and it sounded really mean, but I was like, I'm just kind of waiting for them all to die out. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think I had that same thought We've been kind earlier. Of just saying that all year. <laughs> <laughs> it's really I might have cut it out of the podcast previously. <laughs> 
You don't have to cut it out with this. I'm not, I'm not wishing, I don't wish anybody. I don't wish that on anybody, but I do think that there is a whole generation of people not really listening and not wanting to learn and not wanting to grow. Yes. Now, that's not any, that's not all of them. Like my partner, Ryan's parents in their seventies are fucking phenomenal. They have grown. They have really, really like leveled up in so many ways. I got a, I got a, um, cause Ryan and I are legally married. We've been, we met when we were 20 and have a oh, child. Wow. Yeah. And we have a child and, um, he's been the most supportive through my gender transformation through polyamory, through all of it. He's just this lovely human. And he, um, his mom sent me a card for my birthday this year that said to my amazing daughter-in-law. And then on the inside, it says, I know you're using different terminology, but I want you to know that I looked up by gender and I hope that you'll always be okay with being at least partially my granddaughter or my uh, daughter-in-law at some point. And it was very sweet. It was like, this is oh. the effort from the baby that I need. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't where I would, what I would get from somebody in my age group, which would have like a, a genderless cover. And yeah. a, you know what I mean? It would have been different, but this was her. And I appreciated it because of who it was coming from so mm -hmm. much. Um, and that, and she's proof that there is still a little, this much hope yeah. for the baby boomers, <laughs> but that's all just, just this tiny much. Bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very small percentage. <laughs> Oh, thanks for that uh that triggering question. That's how my family life's going. How's yours? <laughs> I, I think I've, I think I've actually talked about this. Uh, how like my both of my parents, <clears throat> when I told them because if they voted for Trump for some fucking reason, uh, I like my mom. I could kind of see, um, but my dad is Puerto Rican, and I'm always like, dude, he's he's gonna deport you. Back to Mexico. You're not even Mexican, yeah. but he's going to deport you back to Mexico. Uh, um, <laughs> you're like, he's that stupid. He will just send you somewhere that you yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> so before they voted, before uh, election day, I, I told them, I was like, you know, this is what Trump is doing uh, to strip away trans rights. And they voted for him anyway. <laughs> so Ugh. my mom said, you know, um, yeah, but you know, he's, he's done so much other good stuff. Yeah. And, and I was like, like <laughs> first of no. all, first of all, that no. Uh, second of I all, those yeah. yeah. So the entire world. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's like, oh, there's pros and cons, which, I no 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 no, no there's no, they're not. I, I was, no they're not. But I especially was like, you know, but but I'm the con, like right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's so hurtful. I'm sorry. I I'm definitely to a point now where I'm like I'm I'm on the, I'm past the hurt, um, uh, sting phase where it used to really sting every time a family member was microaggression or or transphobic or homophobic but now i'm just kind of like it is that's where we are that's where we are and that's why yeah. uh chosen family is such a big deal to me yes i mean chosen family for the queer people in general i think is just i want to just get rid of the word chosen like well this yeah is my this is my family <laughs> that's what and I mean. if somebody and if, and if you question if we're blood related no i actually stay away from blood related people yeah i try i try really hard <laughs>
just something we got to do for our own uh, mental health at this point. The theme. What's next on your handy dandy list there? Uh, <laughs> um, I did want to talk about, um, about pa passability. Um, and yeah, I know mm. I, I, I've, I've talked about this uh, before about how uh, even early in my transition, I was actually really, in the grand scheme of things, I think it's, you know, it, it's lucky if you're able to pass, you, you have a certain privilege, um, you know, that you, that you wouldn't have otherwise. And so pa passability is, how do you perceive uh, passability? Because I, um, you know, talking about like toxic masculinity when I first started transitioning and I thought you know when I saw people who quote weren't passing I thought they were like being not good at being trans not exactly like oh. that but it, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. very yeah it was like I like expected they needed makeup them... help or something right yeah. exactly like they right, didn't right, right. look a certain way um ha have you ever had that experience uh have you ever like tried to pass in a certain way um to just make it easier yeah i'm really aware i think it's a great question i'm really aware of my uh privilege first of all i think that i i'm very femme passing um but i think that i make people do a double take and they're not sure sometimes and yeah. i find myself wanting to i want to fuck with them I, I want to make them wonder. <laughs> like, that's actually my, it's funny when I go out with Kelsey, who's one of my partners, who's very, the, the easiest way to describe her is a Disney princess. She really just looks like a Disney princess. Um, and so she's incredibly femme and cheekbones for days and the hair. And so when I go out, I'm very masculine next to her, but I'm still them in many ways so a lot of people kind of go so i will find myself masking up a lot more with her because i mm. want to be passable that way and i always have to break down why i'm doing that um and it's interesting because i've dated i dated someone in the past that was very trans mask and um every time we would go out i was pretty femme with a touch of mask and they were pretty mask and they would add femme elements that I always had to unpack my feelings for them, for the elements that they added. Mm -hmm. Like they would be very okay. mask oriented and I was always very attracted to that side of them. And then they would add like dangle like earrings or they would add a heel or like oh. eyeliner. And, and I was always like, how do I feel about this? And first of all, why oh. am I feeling that I have to feel about this? Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I never yeah. said it to them. It was never something that I said, I don't know how I feel about what you're wearing because that's not my fucking place. I know that. But I would have to unpack my feelings around them having gender fluidity and gender non-conforming expression. And yeah. it was a really great learning opportunity for me because I was like, "What? this society is telling me this is weird. I'm not, it actually, you know what I mean? And so I had to do a lot of yeah. breakdowns. So now I actually made a TikTok uh, uh, right around um, something was happening. I don't know if it was what was happening at the Capitol 
um, something was happening in the Black Lives Matter. What, when is it not happening? But there was something <laughs> yeah. that had exploded. And um, I made a very heated uh, TikTok calling large creators and creators with large platforms that are white and cis front passing, cis passing. And mm -hmm. I had a trans femme white woman come at me. Oh my God. Saying, why, why, why cis passing? Who says who's cis passing? And I said, no, you're, you're not allowed to come at me this way. You know why? Because when you walk out your door, you are allotted certain privileges that black trans femmes are not. Yeah. Period. And you, whether you want to argue that with me or not, when you go into your local drugstore, nine times out of 10, nobody's going to look twice at you. Mm -hmm. And that is my, that's my problem is that you are not using your platform to show your privilege. I don't care if you don't feel trans femme right now. It's, it's, it's about your privilege and it's about using your voice and your platform for good. And um, that's probably the most infuriating part of TikTok to me um, is the amount yeah. of creators that don't use their platforms to speak on things, but yet yeah. they cannot wait to talk about stupid shit or do dances or, um, you know, do the stupid cameras. I just, I hated all of it. I hate all of it. People try to get me to do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> that's not what that platform is for. I don't have time for that. <laughs> I, I do the stupid stuff. So no, I also, not. I, mine's 50, 50, honestly. Yes. I, I went on there. Stupid stuff. You've seen me do it. I do stupid stuff too. I but like you your, have I like to your plants. I like the plant daddy. I, <laughs> So plant daddy came into being when my therapist decided to have a baby at the beginning of quarantine. What a bitch. Like, come on. Why would you do that? She went on maternity leave. I literally got my heart broken. I was assaulted at work. And then oh I had God. a huge relationship change. And then she was like, going on maternity leave. See you in six months. And I was like, I hate you. And we've oh. been, she's been my therapist for like seven years. So I was just like, why do you have to have a baby after seven years? Why do you have to have it now? <laughs> like, you have to have it now. <laughs> this is the most unprecedented situation in the entire, in our entire, like, general, our era in the century. Yeah. And you're having a baby at this moment, Katie. Thanks. So um, that, that's when, that's when Plant Daddy was born. I had about a third of these. And now... Um, I am giving plant advice and now I'm like, I'm, I'm working on my, I'm having my first workshop in March, uh, or end of this month, um, uh, that I've written a five-step plan to unlocking your own trauma by yourself or with the help, if you want to have a therapist, great, but not everybody can afford a therapist and they're mm -hmm. all, um, plant, they're all plant themed five steps of, um, I love it. Trauma. Yeah. I love I that mean, so much. Lean in, lean in, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that so, so much. And I, I think we've talked about before, it's it's actually, uh, it, it is a privilege to be able to get therapy. <laughs> you know, I've just recently come into the point in my life a couple years ago where I was able, oh, I have a job now with insurance. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, I, I recognize that a lot of people uh, just don't have the tools or the means to do so. And yeah, That's why I, I continue to share my therapy gems on TikTok because I shared one once. The first one I shared, I was literally, this is what I do. Thursdays are therapy. I start crying all the time because every time in therapy I cried, we're unpacking yes. a lot. 
And afterwards, I'm like, I need to share this with my TikTok family. Like, I, I'm, just, I'm like a, a, a weepy mess. And I get on there and you see me. And what you see, the ones that I post is like, that's draft four. Draft one, incoherent, crying too hard. Draft, <laughs> draft two, there's like, there's like draft two, there's like snot everywhere and like a red nose. Draft three, I just like have cotton mouth and knee water. And then draft four finally works. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, our therapy is needs to be in safe spaces and conversations with people on podcasts, listening, reading books, like meeting your neighbor in the hallway. Like that's therapy. Yes. Like therapy is not going into an office. Yes. It's great to have somebody that is trained and knows how to help you unpack trauma. Yes. Ideal. Yes. Ideal. But not everybody, A, not everybody likes therapy. Not everybody can work in that environment. And B, not everybody can afford it. So if I can share any gems that I learned along the way, that's the least I can do. I didn't have therapy for a long time. And so um, it's something that I feel is um, it's it's really important for us all to share our grieving process, our joys, our wins, our pain. Like if have you ever been in a room with some with a back when we could be in the room with people? Yeah. Um, when like I remember going to like small gatherings with friends and family and or friends and meeting new people, friends of friends. And the minute I'm in a room and I meet somebody who's lost a sibling in any way, car accident, cancer, suicide, whatever, I immediately become that person's friend. I gravitate mm -hmm. towards them. I hear them say it and I go, oh, I also lost my brother. It's so great to meet you. What happened? I'm so sorry. I know how you feel. I've been there. This is what we do. It's it's a natural yeah. thing, but we don't let ourselves do it. And I think if more of us did that and said, I talked about this thing in therapy today and it was so horrible. The mother one that I just posted about like giving yourself grace of being a parent that had an abusive parent, the amount of mothers that have reached out to me it's mm. bananas. It's bananas. And it shows where our mental health is now. And it shows yeah. that all these people needed, yeah. all these people needed was one person to validate person. what they're going through. Oh, and that wow, was yeah. not their therapist. That was not their therapist. It was a total fucking stranger on TikTok. Wow. See, I should do TikTok, Alan. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Trent, 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 let me be the first one to tell you. I made so much fun of TikTok. I used to make so much fun of it. And then the Donald Trump thing happened. And I'm like, this TikTok thing, I have respect for these kids. Like, whatever they <laughs> That is true. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. And then I had an Instagram problem where I posted a Black Lives Matter um, video from Kansas City that was pretty violent on my story. And my personal page got taken down with what? no with no they said you're you've been suspended for violating community guidelines and when i asked when i emailed them and asked them when it would be restored they said we don't know yet and i was like well guess what motherfucker what i've got faces of fortitude page that is way yeah. larger than my other one i'm just gonna merge the two it was time to brand myself anyways we were changing my website we were making it house of m which is the umbrella for every all of my work and um it was fine. But during that time, I was like, while I'm suspended, where can I go? Where can I go? Where can I go? And I got wow. an edible, I took an edible one night. <laughs> and I was like, let's go to TikTok. And so now my, agent, my agent knows TikTok as that's the place where you're allowed to not have a filter. <laughs> <laughs> and because 
I told her, I was like, I need one place that I can just release. Like I will do mental health stuff there. And now she's seeing the numbers rise and she was like, she's trying to see how we can create content from it for my website. Like that, that, uh, that bounces off it. You know, if people want to hear about this, how can we make something bigger at my website if they want to talk more? Um, and, but I also was like, I'm going to take edibles and talk to my plants in the middle of the night too here. Just letting you know. <laughs> and she was yes, like, okay. I just, that's what I did last night. I watched like all your plant ones and I was like, why do I love this so much? <laughs> I was just giggling in my kitchen at 2 a.m. <laughs> and then, and every once in a while, I'm like, I shouldn't do these anymore. This is bad. And then I get a message from somebody that says something like that, Trent, and it makes me so happy. I'm like, I'm never quitting. Never. You, you can't plant daddy for life. I know, right? Yeah. No, it's, you know what? I think, I think at the end of the day, I try to, I don't model myself after her, but I definitely use her as an example, as a human. Brene Brown has been such a huge inspiration to me because of her ability to really be approachable, really be authentic. She, she is what she is. Like when you hear her talk, that is what I I met her in person once at, at the company I used to work at. And she's just that she's that. And I told myself, I never want to have a persona. Um, I met somebody on TikTok recently or in messages that they were messaging me and they're a large, very large creator. And I was like, Oh, I really would love to get together if I'm ever out there. Like you seem so rad. She literally told me, Oh yeah, that's nothing. I'm nothing like that. And I was like, what? Why do you have time? How how do people have time to create new personas? A, like B, why would you do that to people? Like, I just don't, it's asinine to me how people have. That seems like a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I, I try to be authentic and I try to be, um, as real as I am, I have a fourth wall that doesn't come down. Everybody, all three, three of the four walls are down. Um, I am a Capricorn. So as controlled, (laughs) my, my vulnerability is, is as controlled as it can be. Um, but, but my real vulnerability, like those silent cries that are a little bit primal, you guys don't see this, (laughs) (laughs) they happen, but you know, I, I have to save something for myself. And, um, so (laughs) who knows enough of an edible and everything, anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I know the secret. (laughs) Hey, listen, I, I, my edible lady needs an award. She got me through quarantine basically. (laughs) Yeah, I got my card over when the pandemic started. I'm like, it's time. Oh, yeah, you guys see me still need cards there, don't you? Oh, oh yes. Wah, wah. You yeah. don't need anything over there? You can oh, just yeah, go no. and get it? And they're like every two blocks. Alan, let's move. Come on. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> everywhere. They're everywhere. And you can get whatever you want. You just need a license. You just need to be over 21. We're living on the wrong fucking coast, man. Yeah, like... you really are. <laughs> The last time my mother-in-law was here, she was like, I was like, do you want to go to a dispensary? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> she's in Florida. She's in Florida. And she was like, yes. Amazing. She was just like a kid Love in a it. candy store. She was like, this is so great. So yeah, come visit, come visit. And I'll take you on a tour.
Trent does drag and he's awesome. I when I first <laughs> went to one of his shows, Thanks, I was buddy. like, I was like, oh my god, am I friends with like a rock star? Like, is this? <laughs> <I'm>... Aww. <laughs> now, do you do? Is it boylesque or is it burlesque? I call it uh, draglesque. Okay, amazing. Because I started I as that. drag, and I still have to put on beard because I don't have, I had blonde hair, so you're not going to see it for fucking five years anyway, <laughs> or something. I feel that. I feel that. I'm like, I just want a little bit. <laughs> hey, I found. I recently found that Instagram filter, and I'm fucking obsessed. I've done a few oh my- uh, talks with the beard, and I'm like, yes. I would do that. Oh my god! I saw that and I was like, "Oh my god, Emma's fucking hot!" Like, yeah, <laughs> I would. I was fuck like, "Ooh, I daddy, the beard!" <laughs> like, oh, I have random straight women that are like, "Is it weird that I want to call you daddy?" And I'm like, "Sweetie, no, it's not. <laughs> no, not at all." Welcome, well, yeah. Let's <laughs> keep. I just love that one so much. Um, I did want to ask you a question that you asked a guest on a pod, and I thought it was a really cool question to ask. Um, If you could have lunch with your younger self. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, touche. That's great. Um, Yes, if you can have lunch with your Uh, younger self. I love this research that you did, Alan. Also, I told him you had a podcast, and he was like, I'm going to go listen right away. And I'm like, oh, okay. Not only that, but Alan, you realize the bar that you've set for yourself now. Trent's going to be like, too bad you didn't do research for this guest, because look at what you did for Em. Never going to do it again. Sorry, but. <laughs> well, you are That's a TikToker, hilarious. so you have to, you're the one bringing TikTok in here. <laughs> uh, but yes, if you can have you lunch with your younger self, what age uh, would your younger self be? What would you say? And what would you eat? Hmm. I would probably, um, I would probably talk to, uh, my 17 year old self. I'm writing a memoir right now. And that was probably the most fun. I'm actually rewriting some stuff in that chapter and my high school self. And I would probably, that's the year that both I was sexually assaulted, that I, I was raped in high school. And that was also the year that I almost slept with one of the new kids on the block. So it was a mm-hmm. great year and a horrible year altogether. Uh, um, <laughs> the only I one that broke my brain, Joey McIntyre, the only one that really, that's why I ended up liking Joey McIntyre is because he looked so much like a, uh, which femme. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Tell me you are breaking my brain. <laughs> tell me he did so. Like I was like, I looked back at pictures and I'm like, Oh God, that's how I <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> Um, I would sit down with myself. I would probably eat, um, I would probably be eat a big greasy pizza with ranch dressing on the side. It was something that I wasn't really, uh, encouraged to eat a lot because my weight was really, um, scrutinized when I was young. So I would eat a big greasy pizza, dip that crust in ranch. And I would look Mm -hmm. at myself and I would say, um, you're going to be seen by people that care about you soon. I know it's not here now. And I know you Mm. feel like nobody cares about you because that's also the age that I tried to take my life. So three really large things happening. Clearly number one, but (laughs) 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 Um, 
but it was definitely one of those things where I, I wanted to no longer exist. Um, and I want to tell myself that you, you're going to be seen so soon. It's not, this is not going to last forever. There are people that are going to love you and see you for who you are and listen to you. Um, you just have to wait a little bit longer. And I think that's, that's probably the age for a lot of us that we didn't really feel seen. Yeah. And, heard. and um, I try to, um, I try to see people at that age a lot when I see them on the street, when I see them walking, making eye contact, smiling, you know, I think at yeah. this age, tattoos and my piercings and my leather coat, a lot of teens look at me and they're just like, you're cool. But they also give me this look like I'm never going to be that. And so I just try to make eye contact and say, Hey, what's up? Have a good day. And they just kind of get this. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember wishing people did that to me when I was young, you know, yeah. seen. And so I, I would say that to myself. I would say, you're going to be seen soon. Um, and, and hold out. It's coming. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That is like love the it. perfect age though. That, yeah, I think that's the age. That is, <laughs> yeah. That is the age. It's rough. When somebody tells me they have any, a child anywhere between 15 and 17, I just go, how you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> you it's a lot. Yeah. Um, can I ask one? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, your uh, Faces of Fortitude. Can you just tell us a little bit about that project? Yeah, because that is amazing to me. Faces of Fortitude started um, in 2017. Um, and I was a producer. I was not a trained photographer. And I um, took a self-portrait of myself and put it on the internet and told the story of the suicide of my brother. And it exploded. And so I created a project where I sat with people. I taught myself photography really fast and <laughs> wanted, I wanted to do a good job. I wanted to, I wanted to portray their faces. I wanted to show people in different stages of grief and loss and, yeah. and mental health. And, you know, we're used to portraits being glamorous. And we're not used to sadness, grief, loss, mental illness being beautiful. And I want, I wanted to change that. And I, I think the turning point for me, I started taking pictures and it was like, it got really busy and heavy quickly. And um, I, I had somebody that I took her pictures and she cried. And then I sent her the pictures and the message I got from her was, um, I have never felt beautiful when I cried. I've always felt ugly and I always hated photos of myself crying and I look beautiful in these pictures. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm yes. like my mom used to tell me I looked like a witch when I cried. And so I wanted to make what? sure I never felt that way ever again. And um, yeah. it's now grown. I mean, sadly, because of quarantine, I can't take pictures right now. And it's yeah so hard for me. I miss it so much. Um, but I'm designing a coffee table book with the photos. I need to go to New York and finish some sessions there before I can finish the book. But um, uh, there was a huge exhibit that was supposed to happen right before quarantine. The oh. first, I've been in three exhibits as a guest, but this was my first exhibit that was mine. And it was a, an experience called the Faces of Fortitude Experience. And it was like a maze and you walk through it and there are signs that make you question your mentality, your mortality, your, your illness levels, oh, wow. your healing. 
And it was so, I, it was so intricate and so amazing. And then I couldn't do it. Of course. Um, it was going to be here in town hall for like a whole weekend. Um, but it's great actually, because I think that I needed 2020 to really get ready for those things. I wasn't ready. I was just, I had a lot of trauma that I was like too busy, too busy, too busy, too busy. busy. Yeah. Um, and I was able to unpack a lot. So I think those things are all still possible down the road as things, uh, open up and I'll be even more stronger and ready for them. But faces of fortitude is now, uh, you know, standalone and, you know, the podcast now, um, instead of taking pictures, I sit with people in the podcast. So they're peppered in there. They're not every time. Um, yeah. podcast does have episodes that cover stories of people around suicide as well. So, um, it's, it, it, and it's all because of the loss of my brother and my own attempt at 17. And I realized the first few months of sitting with people, taking their pictures, how healing it was. A lot of people are like, Ooh, that's heavy. How do you do it? And I'm like, no, actually it's not like we sit and we talk about each other's losses and how we've grieved. Yeah. People, people grieve very uniquely each person. If you yes. sit and really listen to how somebody grieves, because think about it in these conversations about grief and loss and death and suicide, how often do you get in a conversation with somebody where you get to the point of talking about how they're healing? We don't. We're too uncomfortable. We stopped the conversation yeah. way earlier. If you can get to that point with people and learn how they're healing themselves, it's fucking miraculous. And I always sit with people, it doesn't matter who it is. And I always end up going, do you realize what a superhero you are? Like what you've gone through and what you've mm-hmm. overcome and how you like got out of bed today and completed a sentence and got dressed? Like what? And that realization hearing that from me is healing for somebody and me hearing their process is healing for me. So it's such a, we, we feed each other in so many ways. Um, and, uh, it's a very special project for me and I hope I get to resume it soon. <laughs> I hope so too. Me too. Really... That sounds awesome. Yeah. I know, but maybe I'll do a TikTok about it, uh, and show some photos. We'll see. I have never done, I have never thought about that. Yes. You need to do everything. All the things. <laughs> <laughs> and we've mentioned your podcast a bunch of times that we actually haven't said the name. Do you want to talk about your podcast? Yes. Uh, it's called <laughs> Face to Faces is the podcast is the podcast name. And it's anywhere you you stream your podcast. And it's basically uh, queer, all things queer, all things marginalized, all things, everything having to do with politics, pop culture, art literature and it's um we try to keep it as queer and marginalized centered as possible fuck yeah yeah because <laughs> nothing else is doing that for us so we might as well no no my wife said uh during the pandemic that a lot of these straight couples like uh popped out kids and all the queer pit kids uh popped out podcasts <laughs> <laughs> i'll be honest i'll be super honest i before i did a podcast i fucking hated podcasts <laughs> people, no, were like, people were like do you listen to podcasts and i'm like really i'd rather take a nap like i, <laughs> I didn't like them at all and then i had somebody go you actually have a great voice for podcasting and i was like yeah, yeah. Uh, shut up i'd rather do like like uh what are the, what is it called um sex lines or something i'll do that like <laughs> But I don't know if I can do a podcast. And then I started my uh, friend of mine who's in the po- who's in the um, who's in the project is uh, he gave me a microphone 
and he was like i have a microphone just try oh. it and he taught me premiere and i was like "Fuck!" Ooh. <laughs> all of these things are falling into place and so let's try it and now i love podcasts but it really took me it took my own to love them that's such yeah. a <laughs> it's real but you both have really great podcast voices too Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, Trent, your voice is very radio to me. I try, and I wanted to do this for so long, but because I hated my voice for so long, it took me being on T for a little bit to be, okay, okay, I can, I can handle hearing this about five hours when I'm editing. <laughs> oh, I feel that. Every, when I'm editing, I'm like, really, bro? Like, you are, you Oh, love I curse Alan all the time. <laughs> yeah. I did have one last question that had nothing to do with anything because I do this at least once per episode. I'll just go on a tangent that has nothing to do with I literally anything. Um, My Aaron loves that. <laughs> that that is a great segue because I actually wanted to talk to you about your relationship with astrology. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite topic, actually. So, how does it? It obviously influences you very heavily. Um, how did you get? into astrology um and also how come nobody talks about like gemini's i've never <laughs> listen I'm a they, gemini. <laughs> are you both gemini's i am are you, are you alan yeah i'm a gemini did we already have this yes <laughs> we did talk about this <laughs> i feel like i um was brought under false pretenses <laughs> <laughs> and I would like a do-over because now knowing you're both Gemini's, I would have handled this whole fucking conversation differently. No, I <laughs> um, but only partially. <laughs> um, okay, first of all, I haven't had a great track record with Gemini's. As friends, as friends, and as coworkers, they're great. As lovers or parents, for me, they're just choosing not to be a good match. Um, that being said, astrology. I grew up, like I've said, with an abusive mother, but my mother had this best friend growing up. Her name was Anne. And Anne was this six foot one, tall, beautiful, large hands, very masculine, but also very femme in many ways, woman mm -hmm. who was this self-proclaimed, very Capricorn. And she connected with me when I was very young as a Capricorn. She was like, you're a Capricorn. And these are all the things you are. And whenever my mom would say something abusive to me, like, you know, I would get dressed and my mom would say, you, you shouldn't wear those um, horizontal stripes. You should never wear horizontal stripes. They make you look uh, fat. Yeah. And then my mom would leave and Anne would come back up and go, I think you look beautiful in whatever you wear. You just need to hold yourself and know that you're beautiful. And then she would like be the Band-Aid on that. And she was this strong, amazing woman. And I would always resonate with this Capricorn, Capricorn, Capricorn. And so when I started to be old enough to really do research, I would do research on my chart and who I was. And then I found out all these things like rising and moon. And, you know, I found out my rising was a Leo. And for years, I cried. I was like, I fucking hate Leos. Why is my rising? <laughs> no. And Come to find out as a grown, emotionally evolved person, most Capricorns don't like Leos in their younger years because Leos are so sure of themselves and out there with themselves. And mm -hmm. Capricorns 
take a lot longer to do that. So um, mm. for me, people are like, well, astrology, schmology, like it's just, you can't run your life by it and blah, blah, agreed. If I read a horoscope and it tells me not to do A, B, C, or D, am I still going to do that that day? Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't run my life by my horoscopes, but I think that that I believe in astrology, in the universe, in the stars, in the pull of our of the planets, in the way our planets move, how it affects our bodies, especially if you were born, if you were assigned female gender, your body is greatly affected by the moon, greatly affected by the, the tides and the moon and your cycles and all of that. So I find astronomy, astrology, the stars, the planets, that's my spirituality. That's my God. It makes so much more sense to mm -hmm. me that sign and a natal chart will tell me what my body had to and has to adjust to when I was born. The poles, the hemispheres, the tides, that makes so much more sense to me than nature versus nurture. Like, I feel like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, um, learning a lot as I get older, but um, there are definitely certain signs that I won't date now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate that I'm so like- So out of the running. I was going to say you were out of loop now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not totally. <laughs> it's just one of those things that I have to see the rest of your chart before I make a decision. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm definitely learning more about myself because now that I love this Leo side of myself, I know he's playful. I know he's charming. I know he gets his heart broken so easily. I know mm -hmm. that incredibly he has an ego, but his ego can be hurt so fast. Um, and this Aries moon, I never related to my Aries moon. But then now that I have an astrologer as a friend who breaks it down for me and I'll do something and he'll be like, that wasn't your Capricorn. That was your Aries moon. And I'm like, oh, my Aries moon is... <laughs> impulse it's my need for excitement my need to to it's probably why i you know and walking in the middle of the night to go you know get a drink with somebody half my age you know what i mean like it's, <laughs> moon i'm sure <laughs> he's the one with the beard and the eyebrow slit so we're good <laughs> but yeah i i definitely will not hold against either of you that you're gemini's but i will ask to see the rest of your chart before i make a decision <laughs> how do well i i don't know how do i see the rest of my chart? oh you don't have you you both should know your charts it's real and i'll help you i'll like explain it to you there's a great app called for beginners called costar and it's literally co-star and the little app if you have an iphone or android either uh, the app looks like a, it's just got a moon on it. It looks like a moon. And if you download that, you have to know your birth time and your birthplace. So you might have to look on your birth certificate if you don't know what time you were born. Um, hmm. Birth time or in your baby book. Hmm. Birth Hopefully time. I just had to get that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Birth time or birthplace. And then um, add that to it and it'll break everything. It'll pull up your chart. It'll break it down and explain each part of your chart to you. It's actually a really great app for beginners. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wrote that and down then. Find me on there by adding my name in the search. You can add friends and then it'll like you can add your wife on there, Trent. And then mm. uh, it'll show like what's compatible for you, what's not, like how oh. to communicate. Um, and then it also show you like on your horoscope that day, it'll say today it's a good day to talk to these people because this is where your planets are today. This is how you're feeling. 
Um, and um, yeah, it's great. It's it's a fun app. Cool. How do I add you, you as a friend? Yeah, at, if you just it'll say search for add friends. If you just put my full name in there. I'll come up. You'll see me. Gotcha. And that way I can, I can creep your chart myself that way. <laughs> <laughs> I could be like, Oh, Oh, Oh God. Oh God. See the full extent of the damage. <laughs> One more for the before you go. Yes. We course. talk a lot about uh, queer representation in like media. Is there a favorite movie or film or play that really re- resonated with you in your, when you were discovering any part of your, queer identity, trans identity, whatever. Mm. Yeah, I think there's probably two answers to this. I This is probably going to be a really funny answer, but I really resonated with the movie Goonies in as a queer because I felt like I had crushes on all of the girls in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All, of, all, all of, the girls are badass. Not <laughs> strong and i was like i i really and even even the the matronly old villain she was like the strength in it she was like she was the boss and Mm -hmm. i I resonated with that as a young lesbian in many ways in the in my trans kind of space when i was coming out i started it's interesting so june um i had my podcast episode that for pride and listen, that pride content, that list of people, that came about in a certain way. That means M took double edible that night. And <laughs> who should, what should we do for pride? You just started your podcast three months ago. Who the fuck are you going to get for pride that's going to, we need to knock it out of the park, right? And I was so high and I was like, who are your favorite queers? Who are your favorite people in your community? Let's just email their managers. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? So it's like one in the morning and I'm emailing like managers of Alok, Theo Germain, Jake, um, and uh, Jake Graff, all these people. And I'm like, and then literally the next day I got the email from Alok's manager and I was like, oh God, now I have to do this. What is happening? <laughs> and so I, when I got the response from Theo Germain's, who's always, I've always crushed on Theo Germain. Ooh, what a cute! <laughs> um, when I got the response from their manager, I panicked a little bit because I've always been a fan of the politician that they're in. But their other show that's been on HBO, um, Work in Progress, was a hard one for me because when it came out, I was dating someone at the time who um, was also quite a bit younger. And if have either of you seen Work in Progress? I have not. So it's a story of a forty-five-year-old lesbian. Uh, a queen size lesbian who falls in love with a trans man half her oh. age hmm. half her age so I so think. yeah uh- <laughs> <laughs> life imitates art so while we were reading, we kept people kept telling us you should watch this you should watch this and i'm like mm, or no never because i don't need a reminder of this part of my life and then this Theo Germain thing happened and I was like, fuck, well, I have to watch it because I'm interviewing them. So shit. So I started watching it, but I did not get all the way through it when I interviewed them. So in the interview, so basically the second episode of this series, <laughs> Abby, the main character looks at a friend and said, 
I fell in love with this trans man. I'm a 45 year old lesbian Capricorn. And I just kind of went, oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of asshole is writing shit about me at this point? Like, <laughs> and I really felt, I felt like, I felt betrayed. I felt that, yeah, I felt violated <laughs> in so many ways. So when I had Theo on my show, I was, I was all, I was very geeking out because I was, I just think they're just so beautiful and very, very uh, quirky and adorable and sweet. But then they were like, you know, in the, in, within the interview, something to the effect of, you know, oh yeah. So you, you didn't watch it. And I said, well, it hit a little close to home, but I'm watching it now. And they were like, yeah, it hit a little close to home to me too, in many ways. And I was like, um, actually just like the 45 year old, um, Capricorn lesbian in love with <laughs> and Theo looked at me through the camera first of all and was like you're 45 I'm totally confused and I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> and say I was young is that what you're saying like I all of a sudden this like 16 year old girl in high school like I was like I am thank you very much <laughs> it was hilarious it was so good so I would say that though that show taught me a lot. That show was in my face. Like, this is your life, bitch. <laughs> 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 and it also taught me a lot about my journey. And so, and then I have to add disclosure in there because I feel like if you haven't seen disclosure, I think it should be, I think disclosure, which came out last year should be required viewing in, uh, from middle school on that's my personal opinion um it's so informative it's have you both seen it have you seen it i think that's the netflix one yes no i saw bits and pieces i have to we're going to watch it for the pod but yeah i guess that's the next one maybe i'll just put that one on yeah the top of the list. I've, I've seen it about 12 times and i have watched it with people that i knew needed to see it on purpose like hmm. it is it will teach anyone in your family that loves you and that wants to understand that doesn't get it. It's a great teaching tool. It's oh. a great tool to show you how society and Hollywood has created the shitstorm and the dangerous place society is now for trans mm -hmm. people. How Hollywood has done it to them and how our, we've been doing this for fucking centuries and it's so problematic and it spells it out for you in a way that you're just like oh my god like it takes clips of movies like you're just like they just brought out like the ace ventura was my uh -huh. Uh -huh. this young trans man was like ace ventura was my favorite movie growing up and as a as a young trans adult i watched it and i was horrified i was fucking yeah. horrified and it broke my heart and i sat there and cried because i was like oh my god yep yep it will it will change anyone. It will make everyone walk outside their front door and treat everyone they see differently after that better. It will make it will change everyone for the better. That's my personal opinion. Oh, definitely. <laughs> That's on the next one. You're Watch it. Watch that up. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, gonna I'm, I'm gonna take your queer card away if you have not seen it by the time. Uh, <laughs> All right. Sounds good. 
<laughs> on that note, I have a quickly uh, threatened you both. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I would not be a good Italian if I didn't, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, plus we probably deserve it. We're Gemini, so. No. <laughs> Slow clap for that one. Slow clap. <laughs> Let me do that one. Said <laughs> it, not me. So. All right. I guess uh, we're coming to the end here. You can plug your plugs, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to link them in there too. And <laughs> we yeah, just talked about them all. Can so. find me also them. Yeah. Double underscore, as we mentioned in the front. Uh, yeah. Episode, uh, House of M. Um, and yeah, search me anywhere. Find me. Tell me you listen to the podcast and I'll follow you back and chat with you. Um, yeah. I love that. I love it when people listen. So thanks for having me. Thanks for being uh, here. Yeah, thanks for coming on because when t- when Alan was like, "Oh, here's this. We have a segment where we we talk about TikTok," and he tells me queer TikTokers, and the first thing he said was, "I really want to talk to this person. I wonder if I can get him on the pod." And I'm like, "You know, you just ask." And then he was like, "Oh my god, they answered right away!" And I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> so basically, you did the elope with me, but you didn't yes. do what I did with elope, which is when elope came to my podcast, I didn't know that they had logged. I didn't see. And I had just done a story on my Instagram. And you know, when you do stories and you watch it back, because you got to watch yourself back. And I'm <laughs> and I'm like, I'm about, and I, I'm geeking on my story. I'm about to have somebody so amazing. I'm so excited. I'm listening to it. And the look is listening. And I had no idea. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, I'm like geeking like a child. And I'm listening to myself. And I'm like this. And the look was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I just I bowed my I bowed my head and I just went, you know, can we just start? Can we just pretend you just got here? And they were like, sure, 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 no problem. And there's the embarrassment. I was like, good God. Only me. Only me. Only me. So well, I am thank you glad. again. Yes. Yeah, thank I'm you so much. Thank you for having me and um, I'm excited. And that's been Queer in the Narrative. Remember, pronouns fucking matter. Don't be trash. I remembered, I remembered. (laughs) 